0: M Maven, thank you for coming into this room where we talk about our feelings and what's going on in life in general.
1: Thanks for having me. (laughs) Um,
0: You came up because we basically feel like you'd like to talk about an experience that you had. And I would love to hold a space where you can talk about that because I think it's something that it's an area that is stigmatized. And I think hearing you share it with me, bits and pieces, made me just feel like it's really... And like, this is your conviction, obviously, Hmm. that you'd like to, you can say you (laughs) see us. Great intro, solid. (laughs)
1: Um, So I'm here of my own free will, um, because, yeah, after having a conversation with you and with, um, I guess, other friends about this experience of of having an abortion um, at a point in my life, and... Realizing that every time I voiced that to somebody, it either led to them opening up that they'd been through a similar thing or that a close friend had been through it as well. And Mm. it kind of magnified to me that there was this um, issue going on that no one was really speaking about. Mm. And that even though it's not in every state, it's not legal in every state, which is something that really blew my mind. Mm. um, But even though it's something that is a is a choice um, and that many, many women for generations fought for that to, to be a choice, mm. it's still stigmatized and mm. there's still a lot of shame about it. And there's mm. still a lot of um, women not knowing what to do with those emotions that they've experienced during that whole procedure. Mm. Um, and during, I guess, the aftermath and the healing journey and I think because there's so much shame and there's a bit of a stigma around it, we don't talk about it and then we don't really know what to expect and then we don't know how to support the people around us when they're going through that. Um, So for me, in sharing my story, it's really coming from a place of wanting to be able to help and knowing that if I maybe had have heard someone speak about it when I was going through it, when I was in the thick of it, it would have really helped. And Mm. what really did help me was when I was making the decision and and going through the process was the friends that I had confided in had connected me, I had reached out to other friends of theirs that had been through abortions and these women that I'd never even met were writing to me and just saying, Hey, look, no pressure, Mm -hmm. but I'm here if you want to talk and I'll happily share my story. And that was so powerful. The collective of women Mm. that stood up and said, Hey, I've had one too. And I can, I I can share my story and, and help you in any way that I can. That to me was just so powerful. Mm. Um, and so I think it's an issue that needs to be discussed. And I hope in, in sharing that and shedding some light on, on my experience, um, that you know it might just help one person out there
0: mm-hmm. beautiful and do you is, is it is it are there significant commonalities from the people that you've shared and heard the stories from or is it starkly different from person to person
1: um everyone's had their own i yes, unique stories as we all do with every situation mm-hmm. and there are two different types of abortions so that so there's been people i've spoken to that have had inexperience with either one um but typically, I think what's what struck most women is um, it's you never quite prepared for how much of an impact it will actually have. Right. It's it's one of those things that you just think, okay, yep, just get through it, get it done, and then move on. But on an emotional level and on a hormonal level, there's so much more at play that I think you're not really prepared for. Um, So that was kind of one of the common themes that definitely came through. And then also the stigma around talking about it. And, you know, it's not really something that you open a conversation with, but it's something that is difficult to talk about. And um, I think that's because people have very strong views about it. And Mm. it's something that I was actually able to share with my family and in particular my dad who has quite strong religious views and knowing those religious views and knowing his exact thoughts on the issues, I still shared him mostly because I thought if he hears this on a podcast, that's (laughs) not good. Mm -hmm. Um, But he met it from a place of love and he was just caring and loving and concerned and that to me kind of showed that there's a human behind the issue. And I think it's very easy with big issues like this. They get very political. It becomes a big ethical debate. It it becomes so much about the topic as opposed to the individual and what they're experiencing.
0: And so when you – can you take us back to the moment that you – like found out and then the, what you, What started going through your mind as you realized that you didn't want to have this child or mm-hmm. you were debating that, I imagine, and whatnot?
1: So it's something that I like to think of myself as quite a spiritual person as I sit here holding my crystal. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's never something that I thought would happen and I think I've always had this idea of, oh, it's all divine timing and the universe will provide and da 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 and this to me was a huge lesson in that not everything that happens to you is necessarily something that's there for you to, you know, have to go through. It's, it's a turning point and a lesson. Mm. And when I realized that I was pregnant, my first, am I to swear on this podcast? Of course. <laughs> my, swear, my first reaction was, oh, fuck. And I remember looking at the pregnancy test and just thinking, fuck and it just not feeling real and you know when you have a reaction to something but it hasn't quite sink in and sunk in Mm -hmm. and then i literally pulled out the rest of the pregnancy tests and did all of those and just kind of sat there and when i get um really nervous or if you know if someone tells me that someone's passed away it's really terrible my knee-jerk reaction is to kind of like smile and laugh <laughs> and i just can't help it it's yeah. a nervous thing yeah, and i yeah. just like oh my gosh that's so terrible but now i'm smiling <laughs> and so i remember just sitting on my toilet just kind of smiling and laughing and crying and just going Fuck, this is not ideal and i called a good friend at the time and her reaction was the same like okay cool that's not great um and then the thoughts start playing out of your mind of what am I going to do? How far actually along? You know, you start trying to work out the dates of when could this have happened. Mm. Um, obviously, I knew who the father was. I had a, a boyfriend at the time. Mm. Um, and then you start playing out how's that conversation going to go down? How am I going to share this with him? What, what's his reaction going to be? And then what's my you know, what do I want to do? do? Do I want to keep this? And and that's when that's kind of the first thing that crosses your mind yeah. deep down, that's kind of an indication of, Oh, this is a little bit out of alignment. And so I definitely panicked and then tried to sit with it and be calm. And, um, ended up having the conversation with my boyfriend at the time. And he just knew straight away that something is a little bit in, very intuitive and he knew straight away that something was wrong. Mm. And, um, he kind of went through the list and I was apprehensive to tell him it wasn't quite the best timing. I was like, well, let's just wait until later and after this particular social situation has passed and then we'll have a conversation. And how, just, far, how, far,
0: how, far, how far after finding out, did you bring it up? With
1: him? It was like that evening. Oh, so right, I noticed, right. found out kind of in the afternoon yeah. and then, um, whenever over went over and saw him in the evening again, it was that knee jerk reaction of, Oh my gosh, I'm panicking. What do I do? And so you turn to the person, obviously that's in it with you. Um, And literally I went over there, I went to see him and and he straight away knew something was wrong and and just kind of guessed and just said, has someone died? Has this happened? What's going on? And then he just went, are you pregnant? And I just looked at him and he just went, fuck. (laughs) I'm like, great, you have the same reaction. And so Mm. then you're watching this other person finding out this news that potentially has a huge impact on their life. At the same time, they're then trying to be conscious of, not projecting their deep down opinions onto you because you're in this vulnerable, I don't know what to do state. And so then there's this, are you okay, but also fuck my life. (laughs) Um, And so it was this kind of weird vortex of emotion. Um, And so I said, look, this is not how I wanted to necessarily tell you, but I'm going to leave you to deal with this particular social situation and and I'm going to go and let's kind of catch up later. So Mm. he was, kind of like, oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> and then I leave. Um, and there was within me this, um, I wanted someone else to make the decision for me. I, I suddenly became so like, I was looking for signs and what do I do? And, you know, I spoke to different friends and family and, um, tried to sort of seek clarity. And it was this really clouded couple of days. And so, his reaction was very logical. It was like, okay, well, let's go to a doctor and make sure that this is confirmed and find out sort of how far along you are and find out what our options are. And I kind of thought, well, I know what our options are. There's kind of one or two ways this really goes. Anyway, so we went to the doctor and they confirmed it. um, And they said, I was, I was really, really early. It was like one or two weeks. Mm. Um, So it was kind of, because my cycle is pretty regular. I've worked really hard to regulate my hormones. It's like, Oh, it's good to know that it's like clockwork. (laughs) So, um, yeah. And then she sort of, you know, presents you with the options and they try to do it in a way that there's definitely no judgment. But at the same time, she's talking about, well, you know, if you keep this baby, then you need to start taking these vitamins. And so then you go into this, like, Oh my gosh, like total overwhelm. And so we sort of left the doctor's appointment and I was really adamant that this was our decision to make and he kept kind of um, pushing the point of it's ultimately yours it's your body and it's going to affect you either way a lot more than it will me and at the time I didn't really understand that I was like no 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 this affects both of us and Mm -hmm. you know it needs to be a joint decision I need to know how you feel Um, because I'd always kind of heard that women say it's my choice it's my body i do what i want and i always thought that's oh, not fair to not consider the other person and then when i was in that situation i realized that oh yeah it ultimately is my decision it is my body and i am the one either way that carries this or carries the emotional baggage of of not of not literally carrying it mm. so that was really hard um and the doctor's advice was to wait a couple of days but don't don't let it drag on just if you're making the decision to um, to have the termination do it kind of quickly um, you know it's a process in itself um, and if you are going to keep it then just make that decision and stick with it don't don't agonize mm. so I definitely agonized for a good couple of days and whilst all this kind of mental um, A circus is going on, your hormones are shifting. So then you're actually pregnant. And so then there's the symptoms that come with that. And so, as someone that feels like usually I can, you know, I can meditate or I can get myself into a state where I can kind of find clarity and ease in a decision, I definitely felt as though that was gone because my whole body was experiencing something it had never experienced before. And so I was just all over the place. And I felt like I couldn't really connect and and go that little bit deeper into what was really going on. Um, so it was sort of this process of just really seeking clarity. And so in those moments, I always go back to my practice. I always get back on my yoga mat. I always get deeper into meditation. And, and, and I guess I was forcing that clarity to come. Um, and at the same time, when your hormones, when your body, everything wants you to be pregnant. That's what you're biologically designed to do. So there's this, um, it's like your body's happy that finally, after years and years of periods, you're finally pregnant. Great. So you're battling against the wisdom and intelligence of your body that's holding on to something. And then your mind and your logical thought process telling you otherwise. So And, and
0: what a force that must be because it's literally the most powerful thing in the universe created in life for humans particularly.
1: And someone as myself that I felt like I had such strong ideas around life and a soul. And um, so for me, I turned to my uh, spiritual teachers and I contacted um, a couple of them because I didn't want to bias opinion. Um, And the message was pretty clear was that, you know, this is not your time to be a mother, this soul, you know, has been called in for a different reason and it's its own, it's on its own journey. Um, And that I think the thing I was really battling with was the understanding that I'm getting rid of a soul. This soul's chose me as their parent and and I'm telling it no. And then I kind of did some research and some dive deeper into the understanding that that doesn't actually happen until much later on. So kind of trying to get your head around, okay, it's just cells at this point, the actual soul hasn't physically attached. It's waiting for that body to be prepared for it to move into, but it's still it hasn't quite entered you just yet.
0: And what 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 time frame does it does it enter and what evidence is there that it does enter at a particular time frame?
1: According to the people that I've spoken to, there's two different schools of thought. Some say that it's um actually after birth and others say that it's kind of when the pregnancy is more more well formed. So when you start to there's there's kind of I don't know, the science behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I don't know whether it's just something that it was a more comforting thought for me to think of. Again, Mm. like it's everything's a perception and we can take from anything what we need in that moment. Mm. But what I took from that was, okay, don't make this about what you think this particular soul needs. Think about it of, well, what do you need in this moment? How does this affect you? How does this affect your partner and their potential journey into, uh, fatherhood. And then also how would that affect that child? What would that look like? And that was, I guess the kind of less esoteric and more realistic look of, okay, where, where does this really go? And I'm, I'm not with that person anymore. Um, and I think I maybe knew that at the time that this was kind of shifting the trajectory of that relationship and, and illuminating a few things that maybe I wasn't looking at. Um, and then there's that thought of, as well. Of, of, at the time, it was a fairly new relationship, and so there's that thought of, well, what if I have to do this on my own? What does that look like? How would I support myself financially? Mm-hmm. How does that shift, you know, my career and what I'm offering to the world? Um, and then yet you're trying to be so conscious of not making a selfish decision, but trying to make a really informed, intelligent decision. Um, so all of that's so many things <laughs> to
0: contemplate. <laughs> and and all while your whole body's going into total intense mode like i can't even imagine the the state that you're in not state but you know like the the intensity of your emotions when you're going into pregnancy like Mm. i can only see it from friends that have been pregnant and you can you get a a bit of a picture but to be in the head i can't even imagine how strong that was and then fighting Mm. that while trying to make a decision and it would be it would be very very unsettling wouldn't it
1: it's very unsettling and it's so primal like i remember at one point talking to my partner at the time and he just didn't he wasn't doing it on purpose but he um just happened to kind of put his hand on my belly and it just out of support and i don't think he necessarily intended it to be in that sort of context but it sent this whole it, it was just primal this feeling through my body of like protected and held and like it was just like whoa that's Mm. and it's like it makes you want it you're like oh that felt really nice i want to keep this and then you start to go oh hang on that's what's how do you separate the biological response to the actual logical decision making and it's it's challenging Um, It's so
0: bizarre that we even have these options as conscious beings, isn't it? You know, like those kind of things would just usually just play out, but we've got these options and we can hesitate and and put our biological reactions Mm. and chemistry on pause or stop it and pivot. It's quite bizarre, isn't it?
1: Well, what I find really interesting as well, and this is again, talking to some um, more spiritually inclined people is that back in the day, like you know, quite a few centuries ago, you'd go and see a witch doctor and she'd give you a herb that occurs naturally um, in the world and that would bring on a termination. Wow. And so there's actually plants, there's actually a natural way um, that nature supports you in this process. It's mm. just that it's not legal right. in nowadays. So right. that's the thing that really kind of got me was that, yeah, as you said, it, is, it was a choice. And so even though your body's telling you one thing, your deep knowingness is telling you another. Mm. And I knew deep down when I really sat with it and had those moments of intense clarity, I knew that this was not my time. Mm. And there was definitely a sense of guilt because I knew that I technically could raise this child. There was nothing, um, stopping me. And I'm, I'm a pretty tenacious person. You can make anything work, but at the same time, when you don't have to, when you actually have a choice, um, that to me was really powerful. And I, and I was given some great advice around that, that was, if you choose to make this choice to terminate this pregnancy, then let it actually be a lesson and not just a lesson in practicing safer sex, but a lesson that actually has an impact on your life because it's come into your life at a time to shift your path. Mm. And it really did. It was really a time of ultimately reflecting and going okay i wasn't ready for this now but it made me realize that one day i do actually really want kids and that you know i need to do some things to maybe prepare for that Mm -hmm. um and that's quite you know at the time it was quite a while away and now it's still quite a while away um but there's that knowingness then of okay how am i shifting what i'm doing to be able to eventually realistically support that as an option down the track
0: awesome so that taking the lessons and leaning into the learnings yeah. is really good. And so what, what, what was the point where you were, were like, absolute, yeah, let's, I'm, I'm going to terminate. And then what was the procedure from there? Like emotionally and um, mm. practically.
1: So I was talking to a medium that I work with quite a bit. And like I said, I, I consulted a few different people cause I didn't want it to be like, well, my tarot card reader told me to do this. So I did it. And I think it's like all it takes is one person to tell you something in a certain way and it resonates. And once you feel something resonate with you, you just, you know it to be true. Mm. And this particular person gave me this advice that was just that, yeah, this is not your time. Um, This is not the relationship that you're supposed to be in and you can keep going down this path, but these are the outcomes. These are, this is what will pretty much happen if you keep going the way you're going Mm. and even though it, he's not necessarily trying to read my future, it was, it, I could tell from the cause and effect of where I was in that moment of what that would continue to look like in the future. And so it was a bit of a wake up call. And then I made that decision. Um, and then-
0: And you told him
1: or? I'd, so then I, I, he, he was actually really um, good in the sense of I knew deep down that he didn't want me to keep- the baby. Mm. I knew that both of us were too young. Mm. Um, and that as much as someone says, oh, you know, I'll support you. There's still that like, oh man, this is big. So I, I, I can't really imagine what that would feel like as the partner, because there's that, you know, wanting to be supportive and do the right thing, but also going, if I don't speak my own mind, then that was, that was kind of what I was pushing for was like, I need Mm. to know exactly where you feel, regardless of what I do. I just need to know where you're at. And where he was at that was that, yeah, like this wasn't the time for him, but that whatever I decided he would stick by me. And he also made it very clear that he didn't want me to make the decision based on him. So based on me knowing that maybe he didn't really want to keep it or that he thought we were too young or whatever it was, he was really good in the sense of saying, you need to make this decision for you because if you can't live with this in 10 years time, if it's still going to be on your mind, then you need to really think about that. Mm. Um, so it kind of came back to, it, it was hard at the time to hear because you just go, no, no, you fix it. Make the decision for me, you know, give me something to, and you, but you have to make it yourself. And yeah. so once I made that decision, then that was a process of, okay, you have to wait. You can't get an appointment literally the next day. There's a process that, um, of you know you just ring up and make an appointment, but there's a there's, they're quite busy, and these particular clinics do other things. They support women in a variety of different ways. So, um, and I knew that I wanted to go to that place. It had been recommended. There's no picketers out the front. It's very discreet and clean and, and nice. So because I thought that's the last thing I want to deal with someone in my face with the placard, you know, Mm. so then you have to wait. So then it's a waiting game of knowing that you've made the decision, but then still being pregnant. So still feeling those emotions, those weird random cravings, um, but really trying not to attach to the idea of what that is and just seeing it as like, I'm just not feeling well at the moment. And so then you're in this vortex of, well, you can't really work. You can't really focus. You're sort of all over the place even though you know that you've made the right decision there's still it's just this waiting game which was kind of awful um
0: how long was that waiting game
1: it was less than a week yeah um and that was we were lucky enough that we kind of there was a someone cancelled so we got to go in early otherwise it would have been longer Mm. Um, and that was one of the hardest parts was yeah having real clarity in in a decision but not being able to um act it yeah, yeah, act upon it then and there. And I'm such a then and there person. I'm like, cool, yep, ties a cut, see you later, bye. Yeah, so yeah. it was like, oof. And so, um, yeah, when I went in, I just remember finding and locating the building. Like I said, it was very discreet, very clean and, and not kind of obvious. It could have been – there was, a you know, a number of different doctors' buildings and things but there still is this feeling of shame and this feeling of like people are looking at me and they, people in these other buildings know where I'm going and know what I'm doing. And I kind of came back to that witnessing state and went like, why are you telling yourself this story and mm. what's going on here? And where's this guilt and shame coming from? Mm. Um, And then you go into the clinic and and the nurses and the doctors are super lovely and they're very professional and they do an ultrasound, which is also really hard. And even though there's literally nothing to see, it's they just making sure that you're far enough along for it to actually work. So I chose to take the pill option um, because I, from the research that I'd done and the people that I'd spoken to, I believed that that would be... um, the most, I'd be the most connected to what was happening in my body. It it kind Mm. of basically brings on like a miscarriage. Mm. Um, I didn't like the idea of going under and just waking up and that was it. Mm. Um, That being said, it was definitely sounded a lot nicer on the website than it did in real life.
0: The the pill (laughs) option.
1: Yeah. You think, I'll just take a pill. It'll be okay. I'll bleed a little bit. Like, oh no. So you go in, you take, the doctor gives you the first pill and then you have to wait Um, it's like 48 hours or something. And then you take the next one. And then within, you know, an hour or so that it actually brings it on. So there's two lots of pills. So then again, you're in this waiting cycle of then the hormones start shifting a little bit and then they shift big time. And I remember I took the second lot of pills and you have to let them dissolve in your mouth for like half an hour. So it's like the process itself is just uncomfortable. And it's like, oh, this is what is going on here. And then it just hit me like I'd just been stabbed in the stomach and I just like hunched over in pain and started screaming and my boyfriend was with me at that point and, you know, just kind of tried to make sure I was okay. And then the bleeding started and that kind of went on and it was about – ended up being about three weeks. So at the time um, he – The timing was not ideal and he had to leave um, the day after. So in my mind, I was saying to him and and to him, I was saying, it's fine. It'll be all over this one day. Again, I kind of thought it was like a one day, 24 hour ordeal. It'll all be over. You go, you know, have a good trip. See you later. Bye. Um, And what I didn't know was that I was really not okay. And that it really went on for about three weeks um and it took me into the darkest space that I've ever been into and I think in a way it was actually a really beautiful thing to be alone um because you confront a lot more demons when there's no one there telling you everything's going to be okay and when you're in the depths of your body physically like shedding but also mourning the loss of something that you've consciously chosen to do it's just your your whole being is confused um, and so not only was it painful, but it was kind of gross because it goes on for such a long time. Mm. And um, so there's this, so, but then at some point life has to go on and you need to get back to working and doing things. So then people are asking you how you are and you can't really just be like, well, you know, had an abortion three days ago. I'm not great because that's just a bit taboo. So you kind of do the whole, yeah, like it's all good. And on the inside, you're just going home. And I was, I was a mess. I've, I've never experienced such lows before. Um, and I was really lucky that I had friends around me that really, you know, checked in, gave me the space that I needed. Um, Mm. and then I knew that I needed to do like the things that reconnected me. So the rituals, um, so I had some friends over and we did some chanting. I did a little kind of cleansing ceremony and, um, that made me feel a little bit more at peace with everything and that I'd actually kind of said goodbye to the idea of what that would have been and consciously chosen a different path. Um, but it didn't make it any easier. And as time progressed, you kind of get to those points where you think, yeah, I'm so good. I'm over this. And then something will trigger you. And you just find yourself well I found myself mourning for something that I'd chosen to lose. And it's, again, it's it's quite confusing and confronting, mm. um, but it was, yeah, it, it took me into a places that I didn't think I would ever go in my, um, I guess, head, yeah. <laughs> in my Netflix hole that I ended up in for a good few weeks.
0: Man. And so with the with the other option where you go under mm. what's what's meant to be the situation for rollout hormonally and et cetera? How is it different
1: I th- it's um, you obviously are recovering from the anesthetic. Um, I can't speak to it because I haven't been through it, but yeah. from what I've heard is that you know is you, you mostly feel the effects from the anesthetic um, and yes, there's still a hormonal shift your body's your hormones are still um, reintegrating, um, but it's more invasive in the sense of there's actually a, a vaginal procedure. And that was, I think the idea that I didn't like the idea of, cause I felt like it was, that area was already being so traumatized. I didn't mm. like the idea of being unconscious and having it further. Like I wanted to mm. be a part of the process, mm. Mm. um, for my own healing. And, and some of the best advice I got from, um, another woman who shared her story with me was that you need to deal with this in real time. If you just, you know, take the painkillers and, you know, put in the pad and go off about your day and pretend like nothing's happening, it will bottle up inside of you and it will come out in so many more destructive ways. Mm. And I realized that that was a tendency.
0: Was that her from her own experience with one? That was from her own
1: experience. Right. Um, And so I, she said, you know, go to the water, howl at the moon, do all the, you know, crazy women ritual stuff that you love and um, that connects you back into something a little deeper Mm. but do it in real time and if you want to cry in the middle of the street cry don't Mm. hold back and don't try and pretend like everything's okay just know that it will pass but that it's okay to not be okay for a while Mm. and that was actually really liberating because it gave me that Opportunity to do that, and that is, if I was supporting anyone through this again, that would be what I would say: is that take the time to process it as it's happening, because it is traumatic. And if you do try and just push through and distract yourself, it'll just it keeps coming back anyway. But it will it'll come back in a bigger and more dramatic way, like anything if you bottle it up.
0: And you could you could advise that, for, or I mean, you could say that's equally true for someone that went under and had the I mean, sure, it will be a different thing, but still, it's important and able. You're still able important, to
1: it. yeah. Give you and give your body time to recover. You know, I think that we're in this kind of. We push through like even women the mentality around having a period it's not a period of like take some rest and have some time out and it's you know it's two or three days out of the month realistically Mm. but there's this mentality of just like well off you go push through you can do anything Mm. and we can but also actually allowing the body to go through a process um which is what i what i tried to do is give myself you know at least a week to just go through the process to feel all the feels mm. knowing that if i confronted them as they were coming up and as they were really strong that and journaled through it and whatnot that you know that would kind of shift my experience mm. down the track and it definitely has
0: amazing so after that three weeks i'm amazing in the sense that like it's that you owned the journey with such conviction and did the procedures mm. mentally and spiritually to healthily process it i guess that's what I, it's it's amazing how you you are sharing it so a matter of factly, and I think it's really helpful to do that because it allows people to see what it's really like to go through it. And um, yeah, and it's I find it I find it hard to form. I mean, I don't really have an opinion on it, but I, other than just like being interested in your mm. experience with it, because I mean, I'm not really the one to just because I wouldn't have a clue what it's like to go through. Um, but as you talk, it just makes me feel. Um, tremendously like wanting to wanting to have supported you in that process because at the end of the day, this is a thing that you're doing. You're 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 the captain of your body. Mm -hmm. You can do whatever you want with it. And, and you went for a tremendously traumatizing experience and particularly like that. That's when you said that instant pain that you felt like an hour after you had the second pill, Mm -hmm. that sounds like very intense, like the you know the i suppose the death of that that growth in you and it finishing and i suppose it's like what did what did that what were those moments like
1: uh very intense powerful painful very uh, they kind of describe it to you like oh it's just like having a bad period and i was like well obviously my periods are not that bad because this is horrendous pain um but at the same time, there was a longing to feel it, to know that, no, you've made this decision. Don't just, like, they give you lots of painkillers and stuff. Um, but for me, it was like, feel it, know that it will pass. This is not going to, this pain is not going to last forever. Mm. Breathe through it because this is part of the process. And it, and it is, it's that you feel the shedding and the grieving of your body. And I was very emotional, emotional. Um, I was exhausted. I cried a lot. It was, it was, there was nothing glamorous or pretty about it. It was raw and so vulnerable. And with my, you know, partner there for the kind of the beginning part of it, and then him having to leave for the next, the kind of the few days after that, there was then this feeling of. And this story that started of feeling abandoned and feeling like I had to do everything on my own and and just that dark hole and those stories started to creep in. And then within that, this realization of like, no, this is your body. This is your decision. And you made this decision. No one made you. This is not a situation you've been forced into. You made it consciously. So sit with that and own your decision and own the consequences and the ramifications of that decision. And just allow your body to act in the way that it needs to act and know that it will pass. That mm. that was the big thing for me. It was like, this is not a forever feeling. Mm. It will pass.
0: Which mm. are like... You know, they, they some, so that sometimes isn't helpful in the moment. I mean, for this, that can work for you, but it might not work for me. That, that logical procedure of this too will pass. Because mm. when you're in it, you know, your brain is doing all you're like, sorts. You're give me all the
1: painkillers. <laughs> yeah. well, and,
0: and there is a massive benefit in having support and human connection. Like, I'm really high off this book, Lost Connection. Mm. Connections by Johan Hari. And he talks about just, the, um, just in terms of the, the antidote to trauma is um, obviously processing it like you're saying on Mm. your own but also the significance of other humans Mm. to support one another and that understanding and I I suppose that speaks to why you're even talking about it publicly Mm. is because because that's what this will do Mm. Uh, but did you feel like you lent on your friends for support for that three week period particularly? And like, what were you calling them every day? Or were they checking in on you? Yeah.
1: I was really lucky to have, um, quite a few close friends that knew, but two in particular, um, that just really every day checked in, came around to see me even when I didn't want to. And I, and my, um, my sister and my mother knew about it at the time and they both, wanted to be there. Mm. And there was still this, no, 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 I don't, I don't know why I resisted it, but there was this, that's maybe me being stubborn. If I can do it on my own. But then this realizing I actually do need my friends and I need someone to just make sure I'm okay. And mm. to check in on me and bring me a hot water bottle mm. and rub my head for half an hour and just make me not feel mm. alone. And, and, um, not not in any way make it better but just be there yeah and be in it with you and be like yep this is shit right now yeah and there's nothing i can do to make it better but i'm here and i'll bring you whatever you need and i'll just sit with you and we can watch a disney film whatever whatever it is that you need to do we'll do and that was That's beautiful amazing and then calling on i noticed that my tendency was to call up friends that were a little bit more in that spiritual world and then do rituals and things like that around it and say, Hey, can you come over and let's do some chanting or whatever that was to feel that they understood me on that level to support me and my spiritual needs. Um, Yeah. In that way. So that's, I think one of the big reasons why I want to share this is because I know that some people, you know, don't have the support of their partner, don't have the support of their family and friends and go it alone um Mm. and some of the circumstances that you know women find themselves in where they need to have abortions is is really harrowing and so for me it was you know those women or even the women that I didn't know that people had connected me with that were checking in because they knew what I was going through and hey I spoke to you a week ago I know you've made the decision are you okay do you need anything do you have a question Mm. like those kinds of just hearing them share what I've shared with you today, really candidly, really matter-of-factly, helped because I then, as I was going through it, knew this this won't last for that long. I'm looking at a few more weeks of this particular. You know, like yeah. it, it gives you that really informed, direct experience of okay, it, my experience won't be exactly the same, yeah. but someone else has also been through this, and I'm not alone.
0: Amazing. And what, what do you feel like the, the, the for the to explain to some people that like the chanting and the spiritual practices. Can you, can you go into a bit more detail as to how and why they benefited you in the process of processing it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so for me, it was a process of knowing that that particular soul was going back into a holding pattern and that it would come back in a different way. So that might manifest as a child in the future. That might manifest as a tree. It might come back as a puppy. Like just understanding that that particular soul is on its own journey and it wasn't meant to be with me right now, and it's gone back into whatever it, it whatever it needs to do on its journey, and it's shifted and been a lesson for mine. Um, and so, the, a lot of the chanting that I did was a lot of god, a lot of the goddesses um, in the Hindu kind of mythology of chanting to Kali and Durga and these fierce goddesses that are that embody fearless love, um, and a lot of the goddesses of the, of the divine mother and really grappling with that idea as well of that, you know, that motherhood story that you start to feel and then shed. Um, And I know a lot of women go through that with miscarriage as well. And I think um, it's, it's, it's a, um, similar process in the sense of it's a a hormonal shift that the body is then grieving. Mm. And obviously in a miscarriage, it's not necessarily a conscious choice for that miscarriage to come about, but the actual kind of hormonal shifts are quite similar, not the same, but quite similar. Mm. And so It's a grieving process. So for me, the chanting was a way on a subtle level um, to chant and kind of channel the harness, the power and the wisdom of these kind of ancient goddesses and Mm -hmm. try and sort of call in a bit of their strength to support me through the process Mm -hmm. and to hold me in that experience on a spiritual level. And that I found that to be really, really powerful and using your voice is really powerful talking about it. Um, you know, you don't have to chant if that's not your thing, but actually voicing what you're feeling and yeah. without fear of judgment and just saying, this is, this is how I'm feeling, this is what's coming up for me and just being held in that space is so powerful.
0: I suppose to translate, like, uh, it feels like, like, I love what you're saying and the way it translates to me is like, look into a, a higher intelligence or a more collective intelligence or a, an element of nature that's more um that knows a bit more than you (laughs) and and communing with that and and leaning on that to trust you know and i think there's something beautifully um surrendering about that that we don't know all of what's going on or why what's going on and and being able to have that connection with something greater whatever that whatever you want to call it or however Mm. it wants to show up i think Mm. it's a is it in my experience like a powerful thing to do within yourself so i can see i can see the benefit of that i'm just interested to hear what it was like yeah specifically
1: that's definitely i i mean yeah whatever it is that you connect with that's that's what i did is went back to that source went back to nature mm. and just kind of particularly after i'd made the decision and after it had happened and went okay i know that there's something at play here and i know that there's a lesson and so rather than seeing it um, and I definitely wallowed for, for a mm. while. The emotions really weighed me down. Mm. But once I was able to kind of, and with the support of friends, be, be pulled up and out of that, um, you start to then see, well, what were the lessons? And mm. what was this particular um, experience in my life here to teach me? Mm. Um, and then for me, that's how can I then share that to help other people that are experiencing a similar thing? And then how do I take those lessons and actually learn from them? Um, so that you're not stuck in a karmic loop of just repeating the same patterns.
0: Because yeah, because I mean that's the way, one of two ways I feel like you can go. And again, I'm, I'm only re- trying to relate to this on the level of my own trauma that I've been through, mm. which is everyone's completely different. But just trying to find parallels. <laughs> um, and it's it's that there's you can either just stay in the craziness of the chaos and be confused and emotionally up and down and banging off walls, or you could lean on is something about the letting go or surrender and, and leaning into lean into an exploration of what's the pattern in nature here. What's like every, everything in nature is like beautifully orchestrated in is, is kind of moving in any kind of ecosystem. So in the ecosystem of soul and humans, there's something in play that's, that's happening in collective shifts, like the birds move in the wind in like mm. patterns or the fish in the sea. And there's something going on with us humans connected to one another and connected to something greater than us. We're in, in, in this kind of like dance with existence and other elements of existence. And so when you lean into a surrender, surrender your localized field of awareness into the greater field of awareness is something very, and I suppose that's why prayer and religion is so big, mm. I, you know, because it, it does do something for exactly the psyche, that. yeah, for this, for the spirit where it's, um, where you feel tremendously liberated and there's different mechanisms for doing that loads of them. (laughs) And I think I'm just trying to explain in the, I suppose the core themes through them all, Mm -hmm. or how would you better explain it than what I've just tried to stumble out?
1: (laughs) No, I think it's also (laughs) uh, definitely, I mean, for me, the process of even making the decision was connecting with something was meditating, was getting back to my practice was, really stripping back the layers of the mind and going into that more expansive state of awareness. And from that state of awareness, as soon as I felt that decision of I'm not keeping this, I felt that it was the right decision. I knew it in my heart. And even though it maybe took me a couple of days to be able to confidently articulate that there was a knowingness inside of me that wasn't coming from fear. Wasn't coming from, I don't know what to do. And how am I ever going to be at my, you know, there's a lot of that, of course, but it was coming from a deep knowing and that deep knowing was I'm making the right decision. And this is not something that in 10 years time I will regret. This Mm. is something that will shape me and the course of my life big time, but it's not coming from a from that kind of fear state. It's coming from a more expanded state of awareness. Going, there's something else at play here.
0: See, that's crucial, I reckon, in women um, or in anyone making a decision, particularly in this situation of like terminating. Mm-hmm. Is is that? It's, I imagine it must be so important to really know that your decision is with is the absolute best decision you could make. Yeah. And so, can you explain for people out there listening the how? you sunk into that? No. did it come spontaneously? Did it come after 10 meditations in a row? <laughs> did, you know, what was it?
1: Um, I tried to force it at first and then I really sat with both options. So I really sat with it and said, okay, I don't know what my life will look like, but what do I feel like it would look like in either scenario keeping okay. this child or having the termination. And it's, you know, I was kind of like yourself. I didn't really have a super strong opinion either way. Um, I'd known people that had been through it and I was just like, I'll support you. I didn't have a really strong view of whether it was a right thing to do or the mm. wrong thing to do. I was just of a, of the opinion of each to their own. Um, you know, whatever's mm. right for you. No one knows what's going on behind closed doors exactly. kind of thing. Yeah. So you yeah. met you do you and I'll support you.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I think it really, um,
0: trying, it's kind of like trying it out on the body, right? Like, yeah. so you're all um, right. That's what, like, my friend Luke Wallace talks about with, like, what does your your body feel? Like, you say the thing, and then how does your body feel? Then you say the other thing, the other option, and you go, what does your body feel? And you know very, very quickly, oh, my body didn't like that, but my body liked that one. Yeah. or you know not necessarily it might not be a lichen but it it, it might be a sense my body feels more calm my body feels anxious with this one or you know is is that the kind of thing that i
1: definitely did those things but at the same time the hormonal shifts within my body oh, yeah. were trying to communicate They're
0: really communi- complicated other
1: things <laughs> so even though that that's going on and the Biology of the body is saying one thing. I, f- I felt that there was a, and I have no science to back this up, yeah. but I felt that there was a disconnect between the biology and the intelligence of my body. So that deeper intelligence oh, wow. state that I connected into and sat with and said, what does this look like either way? The feeling of anxiety, dread, and just like don't do this when I, when I went through the scenario of what does this look like if I keep this baby was far outweighed the what does it look like if i decide to terminate mm. um even though the the biological body was going through the process of trying to connect cells and to you know all those that process of of becoming pregnant um so yeah so it, for me it was a it was an experience that was within my body but also greater than my body it was kind of transcending into that space of deeper awareness within and tapping into that source of wisdom and that's why i think particularly when different mediums and people that i'd spoken to had told me there what they quite frankly what they saw that's why it hit me so hard. Because yeah. I've, I've had readings and things before where you hear things, you're like, I don't know about that. And you mm. just kind of let it play out. And then other things when someone and a few friends had said things to me as well and they just hit me straight away and it's a knowingness. yeah Even though on the surface layer you're like, I'll justify it and keep thinking yeah. about the other options. You just
0: know. I liked how you said that before, like when someone – something resonates I think someone told me that before as soon as something resonates with you it's your truth it's not my truth anymore you know? Yeah, I think that's a really it's nice- laser
1: focus it's like that's it that's what I need to do mm. um, and then after that for me it's finding the lessons within that mm. but I think really taking the time to sit with it with your partner as well you know the person that if you're in that situation with and then also acknowledge that at the end of the day it is your body yeah. And in either way, it, it affects you.
0: And like you said, there's a, there's so many different ways this could roll out as well in terms of mm-hmm. like being attacked, in terms of like 100%. one night stands, in terms of there's so many variabilities. And
1: yeah, not knowing would, who the father was or, yeah, like you said, so being in a complex situation. There's so much complexity around that. And which is why I think it's at the end of the day and legally, it's your individual choice. It's because it's your body. So other people might have really strong opinions either way, but ultimately that stops and starts with you. But what I find really frustrating within that is that only in certain areas. So, you know, certain States in Australia, it's not actually legal. Um, for certain reasons. So I was actually doing a bit of research into this and I think in New South Wales that it's considered a crime unless you have reasonable grounds. So unless you can prove that it was an abusive situation or that um, you're not mentally stable or, you know, there's, there's a few different things that you can do to get out of it. Um, And I guess there's some doctors that are probably pretty lenient with allowing you to just tick that box and they want to help you. But the fact that I felt actually quite privileged that I could walk into a place that was clean, nice, no judgment, lovely staff, I felt supported, mm. no one there was judging me, mm. you know, everyone was just there to support that process and that mm. choice mm. was celebrated as opposed to and I, and I went in with that mentality of how lucky am I to have this choice, because a lot of women don't. And a lot of women, you know, have to go through backyard abor- abortions or far worse things. Or they've ended up in situations that are just so not ideal, and the last thing that you want to do is bring a child into that situation. Um, and that's where I just feel like I, I feel so sad about that because I'm like, par Like this, it 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 should be a choice, you know? In it and, it, and for me, I found that choice so empowering as a woman mm. to claim that and own mm. it, mm. and to really own it to not kind of. Like I, I felt like it's something that's why I'm here talking about it because I'm like, I know that this will probably lose me some followers and there'll be people that have, you know, quite strong opinions on the topic, um, but it's, it's not about this far transcends my brand or my ego or whatever, and it goes further into the bigger issue of, of choice and also empowerment for women and actually empowering them to make a decision that's clear and concise and within the alignment of their truth.
0: Mm. Wow well thank you (laughs) thank you for sharing it so openly honestly and and directly and frankly and i think it will really help people i mean it's it's helped me just understand it better and Mm. and see the the tremendous amount of importance on supporting people in whatever they're going through because we don't we don't really fully we don't can't ever fully understand ourselves let alone someone else so Mm. uh, to be able to have that these systems and Awareness where it's we can support one another in whatever we're going through is just crucial for a healthy community yeah. and a healthy society. So a really, really massive, massive kudos for you speaking on it. And
1: Thanks for giving me the space to do so.
0: Pleasure. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on? No, I think you
1: summed it up perfectly. It's yeah. just that, you know, that and if and if you are listening to this and you are going through that decision-making process or you're trying to support someone that's going through it is that, you know, actually communicating, being there, being vulnerable, um, and, and asking for help, you know, not just shutting off cause it's not something that you can make go away. You know, you can't just, mm-hmm. you know, binge eat and, and watch Netflix until it goes away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have to confront it. And mm-hmm. so, do that with support, make sure there's people around you that are supporting you. And if you can't get that support from your family, then, you know, there's so many helplines, the different abortion um, clinics have really great support. Um, There's counselors, you know, don't, don't underestimate the impact and just think, I'm totally fine. I can push through this, you know, actually reach out. And there's a reason why there's support networks in place. Use them.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Ann.
1: Thanks, Jez.